Hello. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, and Apple Podcasts. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest joining us from the UK is Sandy Edwards, and we will be talking about a research about research that she had conducted. Um, it's about the spiritual healing in the National Health Service in the UK, as well as talking about her book, Spiritual Healing in Hospitals and Clinics. Despite no sign of natural ability, Sandy trained to be a spiritual healer with a non-religious UK charity that works to professional standards. After nine years of experience, she approached a consultant physician at an NHS hospital who welcomed her offer to give healing to his patients. Sandy devised the hospital audits that revealed that the vast majority of the 267 patients benefited considerably. Despite being highly skeptical that healing could help them, improvements were retained for at least a week after their single 20-minute healing session. Dr. Singh was intrigued by the broad range of positive responses, some of which were immediate, dramatic, and permanent. Since writing her book, Spiritual Healing in Hospitals and Clinics, Sandy has been working to raise awareness that almost anyone can learn to give healing and everyone can benefit. For more information, you can visit the website healinginahospital.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Sandy to the show. Good day, Sandy. Hello. Thank you so much. I have to say I've told you an incorrect address for my website. Instead okay. of com on the end, it's UK. So I just is, checked it, and this is absolutely correct, www.healinginahospital.uk. Sorry about that mistake there. That That is not a problem, and I'm, I'm glad that you corrected us on that. So, um, well, good. Well, uh, thank you for, for being here, and I'm, I'm really interested in hearing about your experience with healing and, and also in connection with uh, the uh, NHS there in, in the UK. But let me start first with, um, you know, in the introduction, I said, despite no sign of natural ability, you trained to be a spiritual healer. So would you mind sharing with the listeners um, how that came about i mean how you know how your interest in the spiritual healing came to be and exactly how did you go about training well i have no natural sign of um being a healer at all but i had been trying to overcome psoriasis an embarrassing scalp condition that's flaky and so flaky skin and itchy and I've been trying to get that resolved, and there's nothing available medically, only steroid cream, which I didn't want to use, and it's messy in your hair anyway. And so I went down the um, uh, hypnosis route and everything else that I could imagine that might help. And in the process of that, I ran across a healer who told me I should train to be a healer because that would help the psoriasis. And so I called a friend who might know about the organization that that healer mentioned, and that was uh, the organization is the Healing Trust, um, a non-religious UK-based charity that teaches professional standards. And I called this friend who put me on to, it turned out she had just done the beginning training course. So then I got on to the this local trainer and started off with the healing training and from the first moment of doing what I was trained to do like during even that first training session uh, the people I was sitting on reported improvements I was completely unaware 
of any of the energies that were being talked about or experiences that people were having as healers. I was not aware of colors or any of the things that people were talking about. So I just placed my hands in positions that the trainer said. And just as a result of not just the hands, of course, you you are um, linking yourself to the power of the universe, really, first, first off. And then you're placing your hands on people. But it is amazing that that can make a difference to anybody. And even partway through a healing session, giving a session to someone, even now, after all these years, which is more than 20 years, I can stop partway through thinking, how can this help anybody? But I've had endless um, evidence now from my own self and from other people. But how amazing that it could be working from that very first training session, the first training course. There are four courses in the Healing Trust training, and this was just part one. Well, well, you know, that's um, one of the things, first of all, that that it's um, the idea that, you know, anyone can train, you know, is, you know, I think for most people, um, surprising, you know, that, that that's yeah. something that they can do. And um, yeah. now when, when you were going through that training, was there um, any, did you yourself experience any healing? You know, we were talking about, um, was it psoriasis that you said? That? Yes. Yes. Psoriasis, yeah. the, the thing that led me to doing healing. Yeah. So as you were going through that training, so you, did you did you have any self healing with regard to that? Yes, you can self healing with this as well. You can uh, do healing on your nearest and dearest. And um, I had healing from other people, from other healers. That it wasn't something that disappeared very soon. It improved. But even mm-hmm. in recent years, even in recent years, I've had uh, a slight amount and um, fluctuating, sometimes not at all and sometimes a little bit. But, um, but I've retired years ago now, so life is all different. When you're running a household and raising children, running a business, everything else you have to do, there's, um, there's a lot on your plate. And so maybe that was part of it. Each person has something that is their weak spot for when they're stressed. And for some people, it's psoriasis or other skin conditions, eczema, asthma, um, every kind of uh, situation, medical situation can occur through distress. And so I was very lucky that it wasn't something that debilitated me. It was just an embarrassment. So at least I could get on with my life, no restriction. And so I wasn't as uh, passionate as uh, it maybe could have been to get rid of it. If it was something that was stopping me from going out and enjoying myself and working, whatever else I want to do in my life, then I would be more passionate, I expect, about solving it completely. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. So now you went through the training at Healing Trust, correct? Yeah. And you mentioned it being um, non-religious. So, um, and yeah. then I, you know, when you were talking about the healing process, you talked about connecting to kind of the source or. Um, yeah. So can you can you tell the listeners how? Um, uh, it is possible to connect to the mm-hmm. source and not be religious. The way that, well, religion is, um, you can have, religion is really where it's an organized thing, mm-hmm. an organized uh, group of people and a hierarchy to it. But this is your direct line to where all religion is based or should be. 
So to connect with all there is in the universe, what I do, I can't remember if it's exactly what I was trained to do because I was trained so many years ago now. But what I what I do is imagine that my feet have roots growing from there down into the ground and they're rooting me firmly to Mother Earth and the energy from Mother Earth rising up through my body and out cascading through the top of my head and then also the other way up linking to power of the universe above and having that funneling down through my head, through my body and down into the earth. So you're like a, a plum of light. That's how I visualize myself. And then once okay. I feel I'm attuned mm-hmm. to all that power, then um, then I'm uh, offering healing to whoever I'm with. And when I'm giving healing, when we're tra- the way we're trained is only deliver the healing, nothing else. So we don't need to know what's the matter with anyone. And I really like that because I haven't got to get involved with what their issues are. They might not know what their worst issues are when I went for healing myself this was before I ever dreamed of going for training healing existed but I wouldn't have dreamed that I was able to do healing no one suggested that to me until this uh, particular healer I mentioned but when I went for healing myself first um, what was that oh yes that was for psoriasis as well I think at the beginning but it didn't really help the psoriasis when I went for healing myself. And I, I really enjoyed the sessions, though. Um, I was lying down on a couch, but you can sit on an ordinary chair, and you're fully closed. And the healer works around you to begin with, no touch, and then with a light touch down the arms and legs just on the joints. So we are trained to not even use that touch. Um, but once you're trained, you can, because you you ask the person if it's okay. They nearly always say yes. I've never had anybody say no to me. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. it's I think there's a comfort in the touch for the person. There are some people yeah. who don't have any touch in their life. Um, they have there's there's no touch occurring for them because maybe they don't have family or friends in or friends that are tactile. And uh, that can sometimes be the only human touch they have. So I think it's uh, I think it's nice anyway. And so I had healing uh, for six weeks. I think it was six weeks, week after week, and I really enjoyed those sessions. But I didn't notice any improvement until six weeks had gone by, and then it was in retrospect that I could that there must have been incremental improvements because by now I was able to, I was laughing more, I was enjoying my life more, taking things in my stride more. And, and also I discovered that when my husband went away on this, this was the most remarkable thing for me, the most freeing of all of the benefits that I experienced was that when he went away on business up until that point, I would be awake all night worrying whether mm. we'd be burgled or anything might happen and and nothing I, it doesn't matter what your conscious mind is thinking your brain is thinking because i'd added up how many nights there had been in my entire life with no issue ever before and that logic didn't compute it was the fear was still there and fear is the issue so after having those healing sessions i was no longer afraid of being in the house on my own at night in the dark. I'd never be afraid of being on the street or in a dangerous neighborhood or anything if I was outside, but only in the house. Isn't that weird? And now though, I was free of that fear and it made me feel I was able, I was freed. I was able to enjoy more of my life. And it wasn't that I was wanting my husband to be away on business, but I knew I could do what I wanted when I wanted and sleep all night. Fantastic. Right. Well, that, well so, you know, and see, that's that's a good example of, you know, not necessarily um, knowing the um, the source initially, the source of 
you know, what um, would be like in this case, like insomnia, staying up at night, you know, going back to the source being the fear, you know, and then recognizing yeah. that. And, you know, and then the idea of it being gradual, you know, kind of a thing so that uh, now I want to kind of go and talk a little bit about the research um, because there's a couple of things in there, you know, um, that, uh, that I really want to touch on before we go into more of a discussion. So um, you had an idea to do research to provide healing to um, a consultant, Dr. Singh. So tell us about, um, first of all, how the idea even um, came to you to do that and uh, exactly how did you go about um, setting up the study, the research? Okay, well, on my way home from qualifying a healer with the Healing Trust, um, I had the idea of a two-year training period. And so on the way home from the final panel, where I now knew that I was a, tra- a qualified healer, the idea occurred to me to apply for a national lottery grant to set up a voluntary healing group. They do exist all over Britain, and I wanted one near to where I lived the more the better, I thought. And so I applied for a lottery grant and I did get it. So I opened up a voluntary healing group in the Midlands, the the middle of, uh, um, near Birmingham in the West Midlands in Britain, uh, very central to the country. So I opened uh, a voluntary healing group. I gathered lots of different healers to come and help and um, Five years after setting up that healing group, a lady came for healing who'd been to us a couple of times before, but I hadn't been coupled with her before. So now I was uh, teamed up with her to give her a healing session. I noticed on the cards, on her card, that nobody mentioned how she'd found out about us. And I always think that's a good idea to know, because if you wanted to do any marketing, it would be good to go for the avenues of uh, most right. people have heard mm-hmm. of us from. So right. when she told me that her consultant at the hospital had suggested she come, I was all over. That was amazing. And apparently he had sent a few other people before and was pleased with the results. So the results he'd seen. So I asked her who this consultant was, and then I wrote him a letter detailing all the professionalism of the Healing Trust, um, national standards of training, national standards of tutor, minimum training period, code of conduct, disciplinary procedures, all the things you'd expect if you were being treated by anybody in the National Health Service, I thought. And so uh, there were two other healers in the organisation who had paid positions in national um, health hospitals spiritual healers and they were members of this same organization and so that gave him evidence that it wasn't completely new though it is quite rare well very rare I should say almost unknown and uh, I said I offer healing for nothing to his patients and he was in agreement so we met and I felt that we really liked each other from the first moment he's such a a loved person and it, he then had to get to the hospital for permission for this new venture and that took 18 months to get approval I don't know what the wow. issues were <laughs> hmm. maybe it was because it was so new and different I don't know and um, maybe that's yeah. why they're rare <laughs> yeah so I guess so that's yeah. the approval and I began at the hospital and Dr. Singh would see a patient in their usual consultation and then ask if they would like a healing session. I was only in the room next door to him in another consultation room. And the ordinary accoutrements, nothing like potted plants or, you know, palm trees or soft music or anything, just the normal medical gear in there. And the view from the window was of the local burial Brand, so there was nothing to put people <laughs> at their ease, particularly. Mm-hmm. And I would, um, the people who were willing 
would uh, come from his consultation into my room, lie down for 20 minutes, have a healing session, and then Dr. Singh wanted to see those people again straight afterwards to see how they fared. And after a, after a few weeks of seeing people directly afterwards, well, say a few weeks, it might have taken a longer, but he had the confidence then to not even worry about it. Um, I don't, he wouldn't have even been worried. I suppose because it was so new and different, he wanted to see what right. well, and uh, That's just good to be careful it makes for, sense. for your patients. It's, mm-hmm. Yes, it's uh, care, isn't it? And he was so impressed with the things that he saw and heard that he would um, gather other consultants around and say, isn't this amazing? And, uh, have it, and he would have a patient say what they felt, and they would say, that was fantastic. And he said to these other consultants at this one particular time I'm mentioning, how many patients say that after our consultation? <laughs> so, so that was funny. Uh-huh. But um, I, uh, after a couple of weeks of uh, working there, I realized that the wonderful things that these people were saying were disappearing into the ether. There was, I needed to catch information and put it on paper. And so I asked the thing if I could create a hospital audit, so it would be official. And he agreed, so I wrote the questions I thought would be the most important to people. And they were, uh, this is, by the way, in a gastroenterology department. So it's, um, I, it's all about uh, the guts, basically, isn't it? And um, <laughs> so it's all digestive tract. And so um, I want to ask questions that are the most important to people. So uh, pain relief, how relaxed they felt, uh, free of stress, I should say, free of stress. Were they sleeping better? Were their relationships better? Those kind of things. And so um, I took those questions to Dr. Singh. He felt we should add the question about well-being. But I thought well-being mm. is a bit of a fluffy word. I think you need to describe that one, <laughs> really, before, because I'm not sure what it means. So I have to look it up to be sure. And so then I was explaining to people what that meant before they gave a score for it. So then they gave a score one to five, or maybe it was one to ten. That's it, one to ten, because I didn't want a midway point. Otherwise, people are on the fence. So if you have only five choices, you might take three all the time. So it had to be an odd number. So they couldn't say, I'll just go for the middle. So that's Mm -hmm. the detail. Let's get back to the story. So I started off this hospital audit. Oh, and uh, that had to be agreed by the ethics committee of the hospital, and they did, so that was great. Started off this um, questionnaire then, and I also had a questionnaire for the same questions for a week later. I gave them a form to send back with a posted a postage in the envelope, hey. so they got no mm-hmm. no excuse to post it back. And in a very short while, it was very obvious that people were really benefiting. They were really benefiting. And the people who sent their forms back a week later, they were still benefiting a week later after a 20-minute healing session that cost the hospital nothing. Um, then that I started in the September. And in the November, so just a couple of months later, one of the other members of the, national, the um, healing organization I belong to, the Healing Trust, someone I've never heard of before and never heard of since no matter. She sent me an email saying the National Lottery is offering research grants. They've just made the announcements this morning. Research grants for projects that help people. And I took that information into Dr. Singh today. It must have been a Tuesday I received it. And I went, I, my volunteering was on a Wednesday morning at Dr. Singh's clinic. And I took that information in, and he's in agreement by now. He'd seen plenty of good things, some remarkable, which I can tell you in a moment. But he um, said, we need to do this, don't we? And I I said, yes, we definitely do, (laughs) of course. So it turned out 
that he was um, a senior lecturer also at the University of Birmingham's medical school. And the University of Birmingham is one of the cream universities in Britain. It's, uh, it's one of the um, Russell Group, which is the equivalent of US's Ivy League. So that shows you the standard of this um, university. Mm -hmm. And uh, he convinced the researchers, particular researchers there, who would be ideal for this kind of project to come on board. And he also uh, got a medical research, uh, no, not medical research, a medical charity in Birmingham to also come on board because a charity had to make the application for the oh. money. And uh, mm -hmm. the, although the Healing Trust is a charity, it wouldn't be up to this. It would be a major research trial, and it is the biggest in the world that's ever been. And th so then they all came together, and the uh, the researchers at University of Birmingham devised the program. But I was the one, you know, the exact details. But I was the one who instigated it, really, and um, and I was the one who said we should have five or six healing sessions one week apart for everybody, and. Um, and only members of the healing trust doing healing. There might have been some other more, some other things that I said I said we should have, and they did. Bless them. So um, that was how it came about. Wow! And, my goodness! It is all completely wow. When you look at the sequence of events, who, nobody had ever applied for a lottery grant to set up a a voluntary healing group. Nobody, never been done. And I don't think it's been done since. I'm sure I would have heard if it had. So that was unique. And then unique to be working alongside a top consultant. He is a top consultant in a, a, a city hospital in the UK. And, and then, yeah. it, well, you see, I've, I've told you the sequence is just astonishing, isn't yeah. it? So then. Well, yeah, um, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, even with the woman showing up with the email in that sense. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's not often people always just kind of forward that kind of information you know, to anyone. So, but obviously it's it was meant strange. To I had already, I think I was known within the organization because there had been some articles in the magazine, but why she oh, would have mm -hmm. dreamt to send me an email. Oh, wonderful. How wonderful was that? So then the next yeah. thing was to recruit her patients onto the program. But I must tell you about a particular um, patient of Dr. Singh's that uh, there's been a number of actually that are just wonderful to know how this can work. One uh, patient I gave healing to, one session, when, when they came to the hospital and had healing, I just intended to only ever give one session to any of their patients and I then gave them a leaflet about the voluntary healing group which wasn't that far away it was definitely reachable by people who came to that hospital and yes hardly anybody ever did hardly anybody I could count maybe on one hand how many out of the hundreds and hundreds that I saw at the hospital went to the healing group because and it turned out, speaking to Dr. Singh, these patients told Dr. Singh that they didn't want to have healing anywhere else other than a hospital or a doctor's surgery because they felt safe that way. They felt mm -hmm. safe that the healer had been uh, cleared by them and that the therapy itself was accepted by the um, medical people. Yeah. That was something we need to be aware of if we're going to open up into much more people to the masses, which is where it needs yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, there's um, a lot of um, reason, you know, some people have to distrust, um, you know, sort of, mm -mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know the, I mean, when, when we look around, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it, it, and, and when it comes to healing, you know, 
healing with you know within your body i mean there's you can't get more personal than that so i mean so yeah. safety the the feeling yeah. of safety is really critical yeah so oh, i was going to tell you about yeah. some of the instances because um one lady came and she had the uh, one healing session and many months later she came back for another um appointment with dr singh and and she took up the opportunity to have a healing session with me. She said, I had healing from you last time I came. And uh, I didn't remember her because I saw so many. But she said, right. after I had that, she was a very well-dressed lady, well-spoken and uh, lovely. And um, it blew me away when she said that after that healing session that she had before, she found the courage to go to learn to read and write. Wow. Hmm. So that's amazing. And an, another girl had one healing session, and in the week later form that she sent in, she said that she'd um, only wanted to eat fruit all week, and she'd had issues with her digestion because she was uh, hooked on junk food, chocolate. She could eat her own body weight in chocolate, but wasn't oh interested at all in, in uh-huh. fruit and vegetables and proper food but after that one healing session she was eating wow. fruit all week she want, she wanted to eat fruit so she was feeling hugely better in herself and loving life more another one was a young lad dr singh didn't normally see uh, children but when i say child this boy was so adult for his age he was only about 11 or 12 and he was um his uh, pediatrician had asked the thing to see him because he couldn't find any way to help this boy who got digestive issues that were so bad he felt like his stomach was on fire and the tract coming from the stomach all the way up to the throat was all on fire and he couldn't eat and he couldn't sleep he couldn't go to school and he was a very clever boy and he loved school. he couldn't do sport and he loved sport and uh, he certainly couldn't go to mcdonald's his favorite thing and so um, after seeing, uh, when he was seeing Dr. Singh for consultation, um, he did agree to having a healing session with me and his mom went back to the waiting area and he came in the room with me. And uh, after that 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, he was all smiles, no pain at all. And I took him back to his mom and her jaw dropped and her face lost its colour believe she was seeing a smiling young lad colour in his face but she was in a rush then to get him to a blood test so disappeared off and uh, when I got home that evening there were about 18 calls from this young lad and when I got (laughs) in the phone was ringing again and um, it was this young lad to thank me and he's the only person ever who's done that (laughs) that was amazing and the recovery was complete and in that one session and he realized he could do it for himself and if ever he had a headache or anything he just made it disappear and um, I saw him uh, well I know that he's still free of all symptoms seven or eight years later and presumably he still is that would probably be a few more years quite a few years more and um, I think was intending to go into the medical no he wasn't it was a different different boy so dr singh went to the boy's house he was so intrigued by this recovery that he went to the boy's house and he recorded a conversation with him as to how he felt and he now plays that to cohorts of medical students and to uh, groups of uh, qualified doctors mm. surgeons and everyone so they hear the evidence firsthand and the first time that he played that to uh, a medical group, he invited me along and it was amazing to hear how this boy thought quite naturally when he was offered spiritual healing in his words he thought it was pants <laughs> and uh, oh, pants oh yes that's different in america 
pants is your underwear in England. <laughs> so, oh, so pants okay, is that, that, so. that, that, that shifts the whole perspective to that response <laughs> yes it's lucky I remembered that it would have meant nothing to your American audience but it meant your underpants in England right. uh, in America and, um, and uh, also was gripped with fear after leaving Dr. Singh's office to come to mine, he was gripped with fear, he said, on this recording, what was going to happen to him. And then he thought, well, what can happen that's worse than this? So he came in mm-hmm. and relaxed very quickly. And um, what a difference. It was absolutely, completely different way of life. But his mom was like it as well, worrisome. He hadn't realized how much he worried beforehand he didn't realize and people do say that after a healing system they didn't realize how stressed or how tense how worried they were but he said his mum was like it and I offered her healing but she wouldn't have it <laughs> and so yeah. I thought maybe she was fearful even though she had that first hand uh, witness to what she yeah. could do yeah well you know I mean it's with regard to not even being aware, you know, if one is in a constant state of stress, um, you know, unless there is a, a release, you, you don't have anything to compare it to. So, yeah. um, you know, for, for some people, it's just, um, and, and, you know, the idea of just being in that constant stage is, um, creates so much wear and tear. But we're going to um, take a, a quick break here uh, in a minute, Sandy. And I do want to invite listeners, if they want to call in and ask Sandy any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to post them there. And then when we come back from break, Sandy, I want to talk about the book about your book and spiritual healing and kind of how that came about and what is in it and who would benefit from it. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Great. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Sandy Edwards. She's joining us from the UK, and we're talking about her research, um, the spiritual healing um, in the National Health Service um, within the UK, and also talking about her new book, Spiritual Healing in Hospitals and Clinics. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is healinginahospital.uk. Okay, with that, we're back, Sandy. Hello, yes. And uh, oh, hello, I, can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you about the research now then, can't I? Because that's most of what's in my book. Well, a good proportion, because that's the main point, really, to get the news out to people that this research exists. So uh, the research program itself then was 200 
NHS is na National Health Service um, patients, 100 with irritable, oh, irritable bowel syndrome, and 100 with inflammatory bowel disease. And inflammatory bowel disease is uh, colitis, ulcerative colitis, or Crohn's. Initially, we were only going to have ulcerative colitis in that group, but there aren't as many people with that condition, so we expanded it to having Crohn's. So both sets of conditions, whether it's IBS or IBD, are horribly embarrassing and debilitating. They, the symptoms affect every aspect of a sufferer's life, their social life, their sex life, every kind of aspect of their life. So it's miserable. And there are no uh, medical cures for either condition. And much of what's on the table to help the symptoms are not that effective. So Dr. Singh was always on the lookout for additional ways of helping these patients. And on the research trial, it would be interesting to know if there was a difference in how healing helped those two different groups because IBS is what's known as a functional disorder, which means that people have the symptoms, but when any medical tests are done on them, everything is normal. Nothing looks out of place. There's nothing wrong with the person hmm. physically, but they really do have those symptoms. So it's therefore considered by many as a psychological issue uh, initially. You know, that's the root, mm -hmm. what they think. Mm -hmm. But with inflammatory bowel disease, there are really uh, serious issues throughout their physical body. When it's ulcerative colitis, there's uh, lesions and sores throughout the digestive system from the stomach down, I think it is. And with Crohn's, it's all the way through, from the mouth all the way through. And uh, there's it, the idea then was the way of finding out how this healing was helping them. So each person was to have five healing sessions, one week after another. And during the process, completing questionnaires. One of uh, the first set of questionnaires at week zero, so we know what people were like at the beginning before any healing. Then weeks uh, one, three, four, five were having healing sessions. And then week six was having another questionnaire so that they would have ideally have had their five sessions, then do another set of the questionnaires to see how they fared after that. Then another one at 12 weeks, another set of questionnaires at 12 weeks, and then another set at 24 weeks. So we could see whether people benefited within the first six weeks or if they still benefited after 12, and if there were any remaining benefits at week 24. And the groups were each split 50-50. So IBS people were split to have um, half the group their healing sessions immediately and the other half to have their healing sessions start three months later at week 12. So the IBD group did the same. So half of the colitis people started their healing sessions right away. The other half waited for 12 weeks and the same for the Crohn's sufferers. So the questionnaires themselves were, um, first one was the main one. It's called my measure your own performance, I think it, is, it means. And it's a, a well-used in research questionnaire to see how someone is benefiting in their life. It doesn't mean it, that it's measuring the symptoms of any particular thing. It's quality of life. Mm -hmm. Quality of life mm -hmm. The, the main uh, the main thrust of this whole program. So the first one was MIMOP, so general quality of life. And then a second questionnaire was for the particular um, problem that they had. So the people with IBS would have an IBS mm. quality of life. The colitis right. people, a colitis quality of life. And uh, Crohn's, the Crohn's quality of life. 
And then the third questionnaire was about their symptoms for those particular problems. So uh, the main one was MIMOP, and the results were amazing, actually. The, the results are amazing for all of it. Um, the, and those are all with graphs and everything to show it more clearly in my book, because in the research papers, it's very complicated, and you'd have to spend a lot of time to work out what it's meaning. There were two research papers came out of this trial. One was quantitative, so as the quantity suggests it's measuring mm -hmm. things, and that was these questionnaires. And the other one was qualitative, so that was the quality of it. So in the quantitative would be the bones of it, and the qualitative would be the flesh to it. So the, uh, there were 22 of the patients that were chosen by the a researcher involved in that, and he interviewed them. And the things that they said supported the beneficial effects that came from the questionnaires. And because there were three questionnaires, the results of the different questionnaires tallied up with each other. And also, because half of the groups had started their program of healing three months later, we were able to get a second bite of the cherry to see how their healing helped and their results followed the same pattern of the first group. So it was it was doubly, triply and quadruply confirmed that these results are true. So Yeah. yeah. Well it's amazing. yeah, first of all I'm, I'm, yeah, it's interesting to hear that, you know, the the group that started three months later kind of followed this head um, kind of the same results. In in essence, mm -hmm. it kind of gets into the idea of being able to replicate studies, you know, to be able to yeah. get, you know, similar results, you know, from a, a certain methodology. And um, yes. now with, with, with... Oh, can I also, can I also mention, sure. can I also mm -hmm. mention, yes, sure. sorry, so there are mm -hmm. three ways of measuring the benefits of a re on a medical research trial. And uh, one is... Um, the, the score results, another's uh, statistical significance, and another is, um, oh, I've forgotten the names now. There's another one, physically benefit, and they're particular measures, and all three married with each other as well. So it was another method of uh, showing that these results are solid. But it's um, significant, yes. And yeah, uh, yeah. The, the results showed that benefited in the first six weeks and they can benefited even more by 12 weeks so they continued to benefit after the healing sessions finished and people still were benefiting 24 weeks uh, after they began so 19 weeks after their last healing session they still were benefiting maybe not as much yeah. as uh, when right. they first began mm -hmm. but still one girl came for healing and uh, on, after her first healing session on the trial, she had no symptoms, so she didn't come again. But we couldn't, we couldn't use her results because right. the, if they didn't complete the program, you can't use their results. So that was a shame. And there might have been others like that. So the results could have been better than even they are. And if there was a medical, if there was a, a medical intervention, like a pharmaceutical that had these results, it would be snapped up. There are no side effects, and it only takes 20 minutes. It's not as easy as taking pills, is it? But if you were to go, some people have to go to radiology or for chemotherapy or for you know, other right. things that you have to go for that take time. But if you were to consider this as, um, I say, treat it like a course of antibiotics and just go through the first six weeks of having healing sessions. And if you're improving then and enjoying the sessions, carry on until whatever situation you have is resolved. Or they can look on the internet and there are lots of um, self-help videos that uh, you put like um, your headset on and you meditate mm -hmm. away with those guided meditations. So you're bound to know about lots of those as well. There's amazing people done incredible work, ever so useful. I'm on them all the while. I love it. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, and, and the idea of being able to um, uh, have access to and, and be able to um, uh, have the treatments, you know, be be so effective is, is something that's really, you know, I mean, I think, well, let me put it this way. Do you think that maybe some of the resistance to the this type of, um, I don't say treatment, you know, um, or, or um, therapeutic, um, that, that maybe some of the resistance is because um, it didn't come from within the medical community itself? Yes, I think that's, uh, that's why people feel more safe, more secure in uh, having complementary therapies in a medical environment where they feel yeah. safe. Mm. And, yeah. uh, then we'd see far many far more um, members of the public receiving healing. And then word would spread that it is a natural method. It's anybody can do it. Everybody can benefit. And the more that we're uplifted in our mood, the better it is in your environment, in your neighborhood, in your place. It's catching like smiles. Smiles are infectious. And it's like that. Yeah, smile. Yeah, that's smile. Yeah, and sometimes grumpy is <laughs> contagious too. So you want to kind of stay yeah. away from that. <laughs> yeah, um, on the grumpiness, it's much better to have a false smile than a sincere grouch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that it's, very much. It is. Well, it's true. Have, have, have you? Um, seen any okay since you've done this study have, have you seen any um any interest in replicating in other areas what 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 have you i mean in addition to the book um what what have you seen um become available maybe that that supports that work that you did well i would have to say zero because uh, mm. money money it took Two hundred and five thousand pounds. What's that in dollars? That's probably about three. Yeah. Hang on, two hundred five. That's about three hundred. Is it thousand dollars? Something like that uh, to do this um, research trial. But you also have to have the medical people prepared to be involved in it. The researchers prepared to be involved in it. I no longer live in the locality of where this took place. So I'm now hundreds of miles away, um, which is you know I'm not. On the doorstep anymore um, so if I had been maybe it could have uh, had another I took the cherry but the next point of it would be there's no point doing the same trial we've proved this part or you can't say right. proved in research terms you have to say added to the evidence and there are loads in my book I've referenced 200 more more well over 200 other research trials of spiritual healing and of all the research in complementary therapies spiritual healing has the 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 most vast um collection and when i'm saying about spiritual healing i'm including reiki which is a Chinese method and also therapeutic touch which is the present one in america i believe so it's all the same thing in my view is just how it's delivered and the right. more passion that the healer has i think that's and the the fewer limitations in the mind the healer has the better it is in my view and yeah yeah i agree it, it, it's the vessel through which the the healing occurs it's, it's yeah. important you know to have yeah, a, so I, a quality I, <laughs> and i think also yeah, if the patient does their own healing to a great degree, right. um, we just help the patient get to that point where they can deliver their own healing to themselves. But it's more than just there must be, because a lot of the research trials that have cited in MOC are on plants and animals, and they can't have a placebo effect. And human tissue in, um, in vitro, in uh, petri dishes, those can't have an opinion about it it's so placebo is that it will please you so that's what it means in latin so it placebo is can't exist yeah. in uh, in animals plants and 
human tissue. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, we're, we're almost down to the end of the show, Sandy. So who would you say um, would benefit most from reading spiritual healing? I know, I know basically everyone really would, would but I mean, yeah. in particular, you know, with uh, maybe occupations or practitioners what, or even patients, what would you say w- would uh, really benefit from the information? Um, from the information, uh, well, obviously, like you said, I would say everybody. But it would be wonderful if medical people read my book with an open mind. There are plenty of medical doctors who write similar books, but there is the mind-body-spirit, the mind-body link, where health is from within. Your physical body is the end result of what's within. And so there are plenty of books to read. I would, of course, say read mine. Why wouldn't I? But it's like a signposter as well, because there's so much information in it to signpost you to other avenues of information. There are people who have uh, cured themselves um, of different things with different methods and uh, who had healing just occur when they should have died within moments of that happening. Uh, Anita Morjani is the most documented person who overcame cancer, that her loved ones were around her to be there when she died, but it all happened that she recovered and the, the cancers that were the size of lemons disappeared. And she is um, a motivational speaker for it now that if one person which is something I've always said if one person can heal from something from anything anybody can what's the difference Mm -hmm. but what I've found by looking at uh, the patients at the hospital um, whoever's in the most uh, desperate need desperation opens the floodgates I think, for them to receive the greatest healing and benefit the most. And the people who had Crohn's, there were only 22 of them on our study, so it's not large enough at all, the study, for um, taking that as a research program. Right. You could only call mm-hmm. it a bit of a trial on for them because the numbers think like what they need to be um, for a proper trial. But so few people have Crohn's. When would Crohn's people hope to get a proper research trial? But those people... According to the um, the Crohn, there's a re- there's a, a research place that shows that a particular, or I can't tell you what it is now, but their their symptoms reduced so much they were in remission according to their scores. So they were in remission, all of them. They wouldn't have been all of them, but overall, overall, right. their score came down to remission. So that's, uh, that was amazing. And that was in yes. the group that started immediately and also the group that started three months later. And the Crohn's people, yeah. I think, would have been in the most uh, peril because that is so debilitating, having Crohn's. So, yeah, yeah I think, uh, but for anybody, wow. why suffer with anything? If you've got the smallest <laughs> thing that's the matter, just get that sorted. That's Don't right. wait for the big stuff. Don't wait for the big stuff. Do it now. Uh And fears, (laughs) fears are the greatest thing to get shot of because you can enjoy your life more without fears. If you're afraid of the dark or of heights or of dogs or of of speaking. Now, that's something that I cured, seem to have cured myself of, is public speaking. Because first, when I first, uh, well, for many, many years, I wasn't able to even read off a sheet of paper ordinary English words to a group of friends. Those words would jump around all over the place and make no sense. And today I've managed to string some words together in a coherent fashion. (laughs) (laughs) More so. so. You did did a wonderful string of words today. Um, But we're toward the end of the show show here, Sandy. So um, people, now people want to get in touch with you. Um, Is there a way for them to do that? I'm on there. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and um, what else? Instagram, and there's email, and uh, 
oh goodness knows what I've, because the publishing company has said I need to get onto all of the. I mean, I'm nearly 65. I don't, I don't do social media, but I'm happy to do it now. Uh, so, but it, if it gets well, the word out for people to know about it, I'm happy to do it. Well, but I need, a young, well, I need a young person to tell me what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Just to assist, you know, or, or to enlighten, or to raise your awareness, that's all. But, well, thank you for your time today, Sandy. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been wonderful of you to invite me on the show, and I do hope people uh, took to heart the things that I'm saying, because it is true. And if you don't believe it, try it, and then see. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you again. Again, everyone, today my special guest joining us from the UK has been Sandy Edwards. We've been talking about the study that she was involved with, spiritual healing in the National Health Service in the UK. And she's also author of, of the book, Spiritual Healing in Hospitals and Clinics. And again, you can find out more by visiting the website, which is healinginahospital.uk. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Blog Talk Radio. To follow our show on any of those platforms, Visit byteradio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. And until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.